If you've um, visited the Summerfield supermarket or a Summerfield supermarket over the past few weeks, you may have been asked to take part in a survey they've been doing. The survey was about Easter and what people know about Easter. And the results were published this past week. Their findings revealed that one in ten people didn't know what Easter Sunday was about. One in six didn't know what Good Friday was about. And the most ignorant category about Easter were people between the ages of 15 and 24. The press release stated this. Brits are set to spend a massive £520 million, £520 million on Easter eggs this year, but many young people don't even know what Easter is all about. Now, the purpose of Summerfield doing this survey was not to inform the British population what Easter really was all about. It was to encourage you to buy even more of their Easter eggs. However, you may have noticed in the news, much to my amusement, if no one else's, that in actual fact, things didn't work out the way they expected. Instead, Summerfield got egg, Easter egg, on their faces. When they went on to explain in the press release, and I quote, Easter eggs are traditionally given as a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. An amended version was sent out later, changing the word birth to rebirth. But after hurried discussions with the Church of England, <laughs> no comment, a, a third press release was sent out. This time the word was amended to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, very simply and briefly this morning, let's try and find out what the real meaning of Easter is all about. And we're going to turn to one of the four accounts of the story in the New Testament, written by a doctor come historian named Luke, based on eyewitness evidence. So, if you have a Bible, or there are Bibles in the pews, you may want to follow along. We're going to read the first eight verses of Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. It's page 1061 in the Pew Bibles, 1061. Questions and answers about Easter. Right at the heart of this is the question and answer about Easter that I want to focus on. So, as we read, see if you can spot it. It's not very difficult. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found a stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man 
must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. You spot the key question and answer? Verses 5 and 6, the question, Why do you look for the living among the dead? The answer, he is not here, he has risen. So, let me simply look at the questions about Easter and then the answers about Easter and we'll see if we can come to some conclusions, personal conclusions about Easter. First of all then, questions about Easter. If an intrusive reporter of the kind that we're only too familiar with these days had asked the disciples of Jesus how they were feeling following the traumatic events they'd witnessed over the past 72 hours, I guess all sorts of words and all sorts of emotions would have come to the surface, shattered by the betrayal of their master by one of their own number, powerless at the, con- the collusion between the Roman civil authorities and the religious leaders in the hasty trial and death sentence passed on him, heartbroken by the savage death by crucifixion that followed soon afterwards, fearful that they would be the next to be arrested and tried, traumatised by the events through which they had passed. But I believe perhaps one word above all else would have summarised the feeling of these followers of Jesus. Let me suggest the word that would have best summarised the followers of Jesus is the word confused. First of all, they were confused by the cross. How could all that they believed in for these past three years have ended in such a terrible tragedy? How could the one that they'd so believed in ended up dying such a horrendous death? How could they make any sense of it? If you read on in Luke 24 we meet two of the followers of Jesus and they're very confused about this. They're going back home. Everything finished. Jesus dead, leaving Jerusalem, heading to their home village, a little place called Emmaus. And they're discussing what has happened and their faces are downcast and a stranger comes and joins them and says, what are you talking about? And they say, well, we're talking about what everybody's talking about. What is it, he says? about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word, and indeed before God and all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We'd hoped, but now we're disappointed. They're confused by the terrible events of the cross. But that is not the end of their confusion because they're now confused because the tomb in which the body of Jesus had been laid was now empty. The stone rolled against its entrance has disappeared. They're confused by the empty tomb. They go on to explain this to men, to the stranger. Uh, And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but they didn't find the body. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels 
who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. They're confused about all these events that have happened. Confused, they have questions about the cross and about the empty tomb. Now, the key to understanding what Easter is all about are these two key events. The cross of Jesus, the empty tomb of Jesus. The events of Good Friday and the events of Easter Sunday. But the key question is not really one that we ask, it's one that God asks through these two angelic messengers. Which he asked to these women who were first to arrive at the tomb. The key question is, he says to them, is, why do you look for the living among the dead? Unlike any other religious leader, you will not find the dead body of Jesus in a tomb. No, the tomb is empty and to look for his body is a pointless exercise. Yet people still do it constantly, even today. Sure, you'll have seen in the news that James Cameron, who produced the film, blockbuster film The Titanic, produced a television documentary that was shown earlier. It's called The Lost Tomb of Jesus. In which they argued that a tomb found in Jerusalem contained the bodies of Jesus, his mother Mary, his alleged wife Mary Magdalene, along with some of his lesser known relatives. And the headlines even said, DNA proves it. Now, these claims can easily be refuted and if you, I don't have time to go into them really, if you just click on the internet you'll find adequate evidence to refute these claims. But is it not significant that people are still looking for the bones and body of Jesus? As I was looking on the internet I came across a little poem written by, an Amer- I think it's an American, it sounds a Greek name, Greg Asimakoupoulos. And he wrote a little poem, and it's entitled, let me read the first four verses. It's not great poetry, but he makes the point, all right? It's entitled, A Grave Mistake, which is, which is good. I like that. <laughs> this, this is what he says. The bones of Jesus in a box, his wife and son as well. If true, our faith is but a farce and we're all bound for hell. For heaven's sake, this grave ordeal is only holy hype. It's just the game Christ critics play. You know their rules and types. The headlines claim he didn't rise. It happens every year. The media discredits faith as Holy Week draws near. The skeptics can't accept the fact that Easter might be true. They dig up ways to make their case. It's really nothing new. Well, not great literature, but you see the point he's making. But the implications he's making are absolutely true writing to the Christians in Corinth about 25 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Paul, who had helped to found the church there, great missionary, he speaks about this crucial important evidence. He says, if Christ has not been raised, if there's a body somewhere, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. But, he discovered from personal experience There is no doubt about the fact, he goes on to say, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And so on that first Easter Sunday morning, the angels follow their question, why do you seek the living among the dead, with the answer. So we turn from questions about Easter to answers about Easter. When the women arrive as the first at the tomb early in the morning, they find the tomb empty, the, the 
the stone rolled away, the gods have disappeared. All sorts of speculations spring to mind about what has happened. The most obvious is that grave robbers are responsible. Someone's come and stolen away the body. Or maybe it's a move on the part of the officials. Either the religious or civil authorities are responsible. In his Gospel account, John tells us that Mary, one of the women at the grave, tells a man who she assumes is the gardener why she's weeping. She says, they've taken my Lord away. I don't know where they've put him. She never dreamed for a moment that the tomb is empty because her Lord is risen. And she never imagined for a moment that this so-called gardener is in fact her Lord, risen from the dead. But that is the truth that she discovers to her delight. The truth that two angels declare. The amazing answer to the question, why do you look for the living among the dead, is he is not here, he is risen. And the angels doesn't just say that. They say, do you remember, this is just what he told you. Just as he said. Remember how he told you? While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. On many occasions, Jesus told his followers this would happen to him. Just look back if you have time in Luke 9, verse 22. You see, all of this was according to plan. Jesus was following his father's timetable at every step of his life. He was fulfilling all that had been predicted by the prophets centuries before. In every detail, including his death and resurrection. So in that story, later in Luke 24, when the strangers listen to what these men are saying, the stranger of course is Jesus, they don't recognise him. He says to those two discouraged disciples, did not the Christ have to suffer these things? And then enter his glory, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what had been said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So the answers to the confusing questions about Easter are clear. The cross is not a mistake. The cross means the price is paid. Christ had to suffer for our sins, in our place, bearing the just punishment we deserve, taking on himself the wrath of God so that we might know the favour of God. One of the prophets, Isaiah, describes it, predicts it, seven centuries before. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds we are healed. All of us, like lost sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or as the old hymn simply puts it, there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. See, the truth of the matter about the cross is the cross of Jesus is absolutely essential. If you're confused about this, you'll be confused about the Christian faith forever. But once you understand it, as those who shared in their testimonies, once you understand that Jesus died and had to die on the cross, bearing our sin, only then can you make sense of this crucial question about Easter. But there is another question that becomes apparent, the answer becomes apparent. When Jesus died on the cross, his body laid in the tomb, a big question mark still hung over that event. And the question mark was this. Would his mission be successful? Would he remain in the grave like everyone else? 
Would he still be like every other person who's lived and then died? The events of the first Easter morning answer this other confusing question. The empty tomb tells us mission accomplished. In the opening paragraph of another letter written to the Christians in Rome, Paul writes about Jesus, who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. The resurrection says that God says, this is acceptable. The price has been paid. And he declares it by raising his son from the dead. I noticed the headlines, don't normally take this newspaper, but I saw the review in the independent newspaper on Thursday. It's an interesting headline because you can see it upside down and that way up as well. And uh, the top bit says, Rejoice. And the other bit says, Victory. The victory is supposed to be the Iranian president. The rejoice is supposed to be our prime minister. I thought it was two good Easter headlines. When Jesus died on the cross, he achieved a victory. And today, we can therefore rejoice. That should be our response. For he lives, as we've been singing, and he lives forever. Uh, The New Testament has a special word to describe all this. It's the word gospel. Gospel means good news. In that letter written 25 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Apostle Paul describes this good news passed on to the next generation. He says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to people, to Peter, then to the twelve, then five hundred of the brothers at the same time, many of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all he appeared to me. In other words, he's saying, you can check these people out. You can ask them. They've seen the risen Christ. He is risen. That is the evidence. The eyewitness evidence is, he is risen. I simply ask you at this Easter time, where do you stand in regard to this? Do you know the presence and power of the risen Lord Jesus Christ in your life? Do you know God's forgiveness for your sin? Do you know the new hope and life that he brings? Let me finish by sharing something that I also read this week, which I thought was really, really helpful. Written by an American pastor with a wonderful name, Joe Lumosio. He's written a book called, If I Should Die Before I Live. Which again is an interesting question. This is what he asks. If I were to ask you to describe Easter without using any words, you could use only punctuation marks. Which punctuation mark would you choose to describe this Easter for yourself? Got me thinking that. And then he makes some suggestions and maybe we fit into some of these categories. Maybe this Easter, he says, is a comma for you. Makes you stop, pause, think for a moment and listen. But that's about it. Then he goes on and says, but perhaps today is a downer, a big, bold period. I think that's American for full stop. All right? A big, bold, full stop period. You thought you'd feel excited, but it seems more like an empty ritual. And he says, that's how it felt for the disciples of Jesus. He was dead, buried, full stop. But wait, news of an empty tomb. The the period is no longer a period. It's a question mark. It's worse than a period. Now they're beginning to doubt. Where is it? They're perplexed. The guards are gone. The stone is rolled away. He's not here. 
And if not here, where? An angel speaks. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Of course, they remember. The periods, the full stops are gone. The question marks are removed. There's one massive exclamation point. That's what Easter is all about. An exclamation of gratitude and of praise for the risen, resurrection Jesus Christ. Praise for the resurrection Jesus Christ and for the salvation his victory over death has brought to us. So let me ask you this morning, Easter, question mark, exclamation mark, comma, just pause to think, full stop. I hope all of us can affirm as we did at the beginning of this service, Christ is risen, exclamation mark. So we're filled with excitement, with joy, and at hope, with hope at this Easter time. Let's celebrate that as we sing a great Easter hymn which affirms...